Three, two, one. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the You Don't Look Like an Engineer podcast. Well, we're very excited to have you um, today. We are having a conversation. So, him and myself, and you're all welcome. The thought is stop playing catch up, which I think is really cute. But also, why we're thinking of that, you might be wondering, is Lau and I both in our respective organizations are going through some current changes. And I think this has been front of mind for a very um, long time for both of us because mine was like eight months in the conversation and yours has been really long as well. And when you shift within an organization, especially if you're shifting out of the technical skills you've developed for the past four or five years, which is what both of us are doing, um, you really have to think about how you're going to map that out. You know, how are you going to connect with who you need to connect to? Because it's not like, for context, I'm going from um, this engineering discipline of flooding that I've been, you know, I did my work experience in that. I graduated. I got straight into it. I've been doing it. I've sort of had a, a mapped out path that I'll need these skills technically. And then I'll, I'll just get into like either managing or technical role. And these are all the only things I'll have to learn. But now I'm jumping into like the sustainable energy industry, which is so exciting um, and like so rapidly developing. And just it, it's yeah something I've wanted to do for a while. But what that means is I don't know anything technically. So I need to figure out where I sit in there. Who do I talk to? Um, how do I get the most out of this opportunity? Yeah. Yeah. In a way that technically makes no sense. Um, when I first started out, I thought like I really wanted to be like, you know, well-rounded or have like an understanding of ways that can make me more of an asset. And I always thought being well-rounded or exposed to different disciplines was a good way to do it so that I could have a better understanding of what I was doing or what other people were doing and how it would influence what I do. Um, but in having those conversations, I realized I was like exposed to people who were probably like that. And I was told things like, or oh, you should be, um, like, imagine if you go and do like a little three month stint in another team, like most people, like your peers will have had all that time to get, um, technically competent in what they're doing. So it can like set you back in your career, you know? And it, like in that sense, they were very fixed on putting me in the box I'm in and making me fit it really well. Um, which, you know, in the grand scheme of things, if you're working in something for 20, 30 years, three months don't really make a difference, to be very honest. But, um, yeah, like, it's just, I guess it's a it's a different approach. Yeah, and so you can talk a little bit about what you... I, just like Sohani, sort of like transitioning into a new role and into new, a new space where she is... Um, she doesn't have as much experience. Um, I am actually... I've decided to change my degree, which is pretty interesting. <laughs> you know, like I... You don't look like an engineer. Next minute isn't. <laughs> I decided to do a business degree. And explaining that to people at work has been a little bit interesting. Not in the sense that, like, they don't understand it. Because, like, I work with people that's... Oh. <laughs> but it's like I was very passionate, and I am, about the engineering profession. It's just that I felt like my interests were a little bit more about like business and like humanity and like their behavior, their organizational um, structure, leadership and all of that. Anyway, so similarly to what Sohan is going through, I am getting out of a comfort zone or like um, a zone that a zone where I have been for the past six years 
and I'm very knowledgeable in. It's yeah. like, okay, I know design and I know drafting and I'm very comfortable. And now I have put myself in a in a position where I have to like learn things. And the only thing that is driving this is like, I don't know what it looks like, but I feel that I want to do this. Yeah. And and when you are driven, there's logic behind this, but there's logic. <laughs> obviously, I'm not just like getting myself like driven by my emotions. Yeah. But there's a lot of proactivity and proactive thinking that you have to do. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, my God, my throat. <laughs> of course. Um, and, and I guess I say proactive thinking because... You, the moment when I chose to stop doing engineering, I pretty much was like, okay, what do I want to do? How do I want my life to look like instead of like comparing it with other people within or things like that, you know, like I had to take the, I have to put myself in the driver's seat and I was like, okay, where am I going and why? And it really has to align with me. Perhaps I was following the GPS of someone else. That didn't really... As many times we yeah. are, you know, to be honest. And I, that's why I feel like today's topic, and I loved it when you pitched it, is that, um, sorry, I hope I'm not too far, is that anyone who has been through, like literally anyone, not even who has been through anything, anybody can relate to this topic because if you, like everyone's had to go from school to a job or a university or move countries for a partner or a friend or, you know, change careers, everyone has gears shifting in their life all the time and whenever that happens a it's daunting but b you are put in a position where you can either react to how you know everyone who knows a little bit more who's done it before tells you what to do or um you like you know your family or friends who think they know you and think they understand your version of you but you that's so that's one aspect but the other road is you being proactive and achieving the image that you've created of where you want your life to be. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason why I was saying that this, <coughs> and the reason why I was saying that this whole thing has been sort of like difficult to explain at work is because people have your best interests, which is good. Like you, you, they really do. Yeah. Yeah. And they are supportive. At yeah. least in my organization, they are very supportive. Yeah. But the difficult part is, translating these thoughts, emotions and things into something tangible that is like a plan for you. Exactly. And like getting to know what you actually want to do. So that's the difficult part, like getting to know yourself and getting to know all of these things. And as I was saying before, like some people are born knowing what they want to do. Some others aren't and they are figuring out as they go. And I think that there's an element, like there's a benefit of being in balance with that one is like I already like I sort of know where I want to go but I trust the process that gives you fluidity <laughs> yes that is fluid I got it <laughs> yes it's being fluid because oh that yes because <laughs> if you very squared it's like there's no room like it's yeah. like coloring books if you're not painting within the lines and if you like for some reason like got out of your of like track you the scales and some life is not linear as we know it's so funny that you mentioned that. It's just funny for me because um, growing up, I always hated coloring between the lines. Yeah, it yeah, was me, just a thing. Yeah, me, me actually, yeah, my course. sister would always be like, "Outline the line nicely. Make you make sure you don't go outside." And I'm like, "Why? This line is not stopping me. I'm a color everywhere." Oh, okay. No, I wasn't like that. I was like your sister. I used to hate being between the lines. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Oh. 
It was weird. So you were flirting from the beginning and you didn't know it. I, I know. No, I'm joking. <laughs> And, and that's when, when you were sharing your stories open about how you were like, oh, like some people struggle in the industry like that. Mm-hmm. Like they, they advise you yeah. to stay in something. And then, and like you said, they have it. their best interests. They have your best interests at heart. Like it's not. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also something that is like a projection of themselves, right? And 100%. the things like sometimes what we do, changing mm-hmm. and putting ourselves in a position where we are so uncomfortable that we like, A, we don't know. Be, we just feel like we want to be there and explore the unknown. But then it's like we have to just be courageous to take action, you know? And there's a level of, um, I guess, bravery that you that you, you have to develop or that you have to sort of like, uh, yeah, you just have to be brave to do these changes and like have thick skin because a lot of people would not understand why you chose it. Like, oh my God, but you, or have this skin with the actual inner dialogue as well. Cause you're like, oh, like, especially for people that like, I don't know, have, have like really high expectations. I, I have high expectations of myself and others. And, and sometimes I'm like, oh, but like, if you didn't finish engineering, like, what does that make you? What, what about the podcast and all of these things? And I'm like, I've been in the industry for like six years. Like, and I'll be, because obviously I'm finishing the degree, I'll be for like, yeah, more time. It doesn't mean anything. I'll I still do the work. I just have more skills. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. Um, and I I like that you talk a lot about courage because I little thought that came in my head was that proactivity and courage can almost be used interchangeably. Almost, obviously, you know, there's a slight difference, but the whole element is having the courage to a you know stop delaying your plan for life yes so using proact being proactively being proactive is a really um uncomfortable thing to do you know it's difficult like you see the skills you have now and what you've worked so hard to achieve but there's also an element of um little voice in your head that or little picture in your head that wants to look a certain way and Mm. unfortunately like it takes courage and getting very uncomfortable to get up and be like okay today is when i start you know so today is the day i will get up and go join that rowing club because i've always wanted to even though i don't know anyone then i don't know how to row you know like Mm. it it is an element of that yeah okay so i'll i agree okay yes there's an element of that okay so before we keep going on to this let's Mm. just say to the to the uh audience what the difference between like being proactive and reactive is because when we were doing research for this five minutes ago, um, <laughs> there's a good image that says like, what is being proactive? So it's like predicting sort of thing or anticipating um, a problem before they actually happen um, and like look for our solutions. Um, what I understand from that is, and I get this from like the startup that I was working at and they worded it in a very um, good way to think about it is it's called first principles thinking. So no matter what problem you have, um, and I think that's what it means when you anticipate you're being proactive is you have to like break everything down into like its most foundational pieces. And then like the very, very first thing that comes to it. And then you try to anticipate, how do I deal with that? So this very, very simplest basic issues or not issues like steps, you know, you have to get, break it down and then when you do that, then you're able to see 
okay, so this is the problem I will face. That's how I need to fix it. Yeah. I think yeah. it's the capacity to actually have foresight, is it? Yeah. And it's practiced. It doesn't <laughs> come um, immediately. I don't think so. Maybe some people innately, but mm. you the more you practice it, the better it gets. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And like different circumstances as well. Like some people are great at like social proactivity. I'm going to call it. I'm just making <laughs> that term up. But like some people are like, okay, if I make this comment to someone, like I already know how this cowie can turn up. Ah, I thought that was called anxiety. No, okay. Yeah. So being proactive. Yeah. And what's the difference between being reactive? Because we're like saying that um, it's like, actually, proactivity sounds like anxiety. You know, it's like, <laughs> just like, we're supposed to live in the present. We're okay. living in the future. And no. that's called anxiety in Buddhism. <laughs> so you might be right. We are like, <laughs> No, how to use your anxiety in your benefit. Actually, nah. So so funny. I was actually watching. I think it was a psychologist, but again on Instagram, sorry. But she was talking about how anxiety can actually be useful at work. Yeah, this is a lot of But that. like yeah. even it's like reframing, right? So like when you Or just realizing the, the ways in which it helps you. Like there are very valid ways in which but it is useful. I'm it's not... just when it becomes generalized anxiety that it's a problem. But I was yeah. being serious about okay, like sorry. you can trick your brain as well. Oh, like, there's a lot yeah. of content on yeah, that that she's like you <laughs> anyway so being reactive yeah. being reacting is actually dealing with a problem as they arise which again if we go back to the first principles thing if you don't do that and you haven't thought of each of the steps you will literally be blindsided and so you'll just see each problem as it arises and then you'll just have to deal with it on the fly. Which is yeah. not good for a strategy exactly. and like business and career and all of that. Exactly. Like then you'll have to just take advice from whoever, whatever, because you haven't sat down to think about it. And it's that saying, you know, those who don't, those who fail to plan. No, those who fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Right. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> When I feel like when you are being reactive, you have sort of like a victim mindset. And when I mean victim mindset, I mean like you giving up your responsibility to outside factors. Whereas when you're being proactive, you're taking ownership. And if you approach your life with like responsibility, ownership, <laughs> proactivity, and, and you'll have to take accountability. Sorry. And what was the other And and no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's something that I like men to have. To have yeah. initiative. Oh yes. <laughs> no, because I thought okay. you meant men have, and I was like. No, I yeah. like when men have initiative. There's nothing sexier oh, than that. Oh, gotcha. You actually meant men. I thought you meant what we're meant to have. And then I thought you said men have. And I got very confused. And then you actually meant men. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. There's nothing sexier than that. I agree. Yes. Yeah. So to me, that's a man. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> men. Um, yeah. So I think in life, having like the proactivity, especially in your career, is makes you just like, because otherwise you're literally vulnerable to um, confusion you're opening the door for everybody to come and give you advice and go and you will not know what to do so if we're talking about how to 
increase your proactivity, which is, you know, we've talked about proactivity, but like, what is that, you know, like, it's not just a matter of, okay, today I'm just going to go and do everything. There is a bit no. of that. Yeah. But there's, there's, there's different approaches because if you haven't been practicing this, um, it's a difficult, but B, there's things you can do. I think before we jump into that, mm. I think it's important that for the person that is listening to this podcast, yeah. it's good to obviously, if you're listening to self-development podcasts, probably already, probably you're do. really like thinking about yourself in the sense of like self-awareness and like self-discovery mm. and stuff like that. But if you haven't thought about like what you want, you don't have to have an answer, but what is important to you? Like, for example, if at your, in your career, you really want to become a specialist in something, that's awesome. Dedicate time to it and you'll become a specialist. If you want to be a generalist, that's also awesome. You probably have to be a little bit more proactive <laughs> about creating opportunities for yourself um, and have more of a an initiative of how you want to, like, you know, drive things around. But, yeah, um, yeah have that, I guess. Roadmap? Yeah, like no, identify what what is that you want to do, mm. and it might be like different for for people that are part of different industries. I guess it's sort of like do you in developing that plan? It's like do you think of yourself as the kind of person who spends like a Sunday planning the next week, um, things they're going to do, things they really want to achieve, or do you wake up on a Monday and just get surprised by emails and say, "Oh, this is what we're doing today." Oh my God, I'm the second one. <laughs> Wait, just joking. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I mean. Most people are because everything is usually great. <laughs> Most people are both, I would say, because they have to plan, obviously, basic things like food, social interactions, mm-hmm. and because it's hard to meet up with people. You plan in advance, right? But I don't know because, A, I am still working on this. I am not great at it. I don't know how many people do that in terms of, um, say, the skills they want to achieve or the specific, um, like you do it for networking as well. And we do discuss the things we want to go to that I have not made it yet to, but I will. Um, but Be proactive, Zohan. <laughs> <laughs> you're always choosing <laughs> you are always choosing essentially and it is a matter of sitting down and creating that roadmap roadmap and if it's like want to learn this song how many you know how long are you going to dedicate in the week to get there or if you want to meet this person for a coffee catch up and ask them how they learned marketing in you know whatever career they're in reach out to them you know plan it so that you have that time and that space and make it happen you know Absolutely. Yes. I think it's interesting because with productivity, I think you were talking about how like like role models, didn't you talk about role models? Yeah. I mean, um, there is an aspect like, thought it would be interesting for the listener. You know, if you're thinking about this right now, who's the first person in your head that comes to when you think of proactivity? Uh, Because we were sort of reading into this and another question, did I mention where it came from? Well, I'm a good friend. <laughs> so, Lau has developed this really unhealthy habit of thinking that ChatGPT is her friend. She asks ChatGPT to write songs for her before she goes to bed. And now Lau is speaking about herself in third person, so that's fucking concerning. 
But we were really curious what it could say about proactivity and how, you know, people um, could interact with that. So it was a cute question that it was like, think about the companies that, you know, come to mind when you think of proactivity. And we were like, oh, one step further, if you take it on a personal level, who is someone you think of when it comes to proactivity? And it's sort of like, I guess that was just more for the thinker to think about. But why would you, you think, think about that? Who do I think? Um, I'd say Kayla Tzinas is a big one. You know, Kayla? The... Yeah, I know. Okay, why? Yeah, you... um, why? That's a good question. Um, Because her and her partner both, and I don't know who started what, but her name comes to mind, were very proactive when they saw um, what was lacking for women's fitness in general and going and creating the huge ass empire that they have now all started from just being proactive enough to get out of, okay, yeah, we're PTs, but like, how can we change this up? Like they came into this field way before it blew up the way it is oh, now. Yeah, yeah. And they sort of contributed to the fitness um, bubble that burst and like has created so much because they were proactive enough to be like, how can we reach the most amount of women? How can we help women who are at home only have like bags of flour, I remember, as weights to, to yeah, the women who were using that or using their baby while they're trained because they wanted to get to every woman and make it so accessible. That proactivity was amazing. It was a whole revolution. And honestly, it's created a $600 billion empire, which is like million, million, million. Some crazy amount of billions <laughs> as an empire because it was so um, proactive in its thinking. And beyond that, obviously, there's names like Steve Jobs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would say Rihanna is also one. A hundred percent. Rihanna, yeah. uh, who else is proactive? I think uh, a lot of the females in our industry, like... A hundred percent. I'd say as a female in general. We probably interview all these bloody proactive <laughs> exactly. people. Like, you all are our inspiration. <laughs> but I would say so as a woman who wants to achieve the unconventional in her life, being proactive is a non-negotiable. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think being brave, going back to bravery, mm -hmm. is a non-negotiable. And sometimes to be proactive, you don't really need to know it all, as we said it. Yeah. Like you are going to put yourself in a position of uncertainty. Yeah. And it's also, I think it's important to, you know, as you were talking about talking with people and networking, Expanding your circle of influence is a big one. And something that I have, when I was going through the decision-making for whether I wanted to stop doing the engineering degree and do this business degree, I had conversations with people who were doing roles that I thought were appealing to me. Mm -hmm. And I would just reach out to them. And I was like literally just, asking them what their everyday looked like or like how they got to where they were. And if I reflect back, I was being proactive about the matter. It wasn't like I was just letting it, letting destiny to, to achieve it. Or I wasn't like letting a manifestation to come through, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I was actually taking like, and it didn't seem like that at the time, at the time, it, but it was like, Oh, I have so much work and people probably have a lot of work to do as well. Like, why would they want to sit down and have a conversation with me? But when having those conversations, I felt like I could learn so much more than actually reading the course structure of a business degree. You know what I mean? Like it was so good to just like sit down and be like, okay, so what challenges, like how do you apply your role? 
what do you think from the from from the work that you've done is like the most rewarding and i think sometimes we can be a little bit too harsh on ourselves and we think that we are not really doing anything to make or to create that change but being proactive doesn't need that that doesn't need to be like um Absolutely. Yeah, like it doesn't have to it's be like mental changes. Yeah, or like just organizing a conversation with someone. Literally. Or like mm-hmm. just it like for example when we started with the podcast thing, like being proactive wasn't like oh my god, like we have to have it all figured out. It was like being proactive was just buying buying the mics and figure it out as you go. Yeah. A lot of it looks like that because you're putting yourself in places where you don't um you're not familiar. And that's why, yeah, increasing your circle of influence um, is about, you know, realizing, okay, these are the things I have to do. But if I don't know something about it, I need to go to people who do, you know, I need to um, get that perspective. And when you have a bigger um, circle of people to go to who have achieved these things, then you're more likely to be able to get to that. And all of that takes, again, proactivity. And again, being brave and getting out of the, the, the negative. Um, self self perception. Uh, but another thing that I was gonna say is like, especially in the industries that are so like male dominated, like mm. perhaps you your company or the company that you work in or like the industry that you're in doesn't have someone that you can you like you can relate to, and that's when you sort of like can go to like all the groups of like. Like, you know, like there's inspirational women everywhere mm. in every industry. And because they they aren't doing something like in your own industry doesn't mean that they cannot give 100%, incredible yeah. inspiration to you. Um, so I think it's important to, to also like think about that. <laughs> I literally think, everywhere oh. because if you just look back at it, um, any woman who is in an industry and has carved her own path, has had to listen to a lot of naysayers. Like, just recently, um, I think the lady who ran the first marathon, and literally people were on that, like, race track um, trying to grab her off of it and pull her out because women were not allowed to run. We were not allowed. Like, the fact that somebody actually said, this is not for women, (laughs) they will not see women running a race, was a thing. Like, you know, she was. they were trying to drag her, but there were other men... Um, in the race or whatever, trying to get in the way so they couldn't grab her. But she recently ran her last or her most recent marathon at age 73. You know, that's amazing. Yeah. So, it, like, obviously the first run where she was being stopped was a very yeah, long time ago. But and I'm like 79. Yeah, it's amazing. But um, <clears throat> the point in case being that, case in point being that, um, anyone you'll see who has made it, you know, in a career, in a sport, in a – any field has had to literally not just face people saying, I don't think you can do it. People literally saying it's illegal for you to do it. Like they have had to carve so many socioeconomic um, fundamental um, thought processes that are so ingrained that they've literally had to break, like break glass ceilings, barriers, whatever you can name, had to break it. And it was her choice to do that because she yeah, could 100%. choose to just be told what to do. And I guess I'm emphasizing this because as we said earlier, we just have to put ourselves in the driver's seat yeah, and make sure that we know that we are choosing constantly, yeah. as we said, and also understanding that when we're choosing something, we are rejecting something else. And 
that's why it's so important to analyze what and, and get it right as in like what is exactly that I want to do like is this because I guess the person that told you that it would be you would be better off staying in that field for the three months instead of like going to explore a different field wasn't wrong in its entirety no, definitely not yeah but you chose it's just a perspective yeah it's a perspective yeah. and it's also like that was the choice that he made yeah and that's his own choice because he wanted to become specialized yeah but if you have a choice of like exploring so many other things because you still don't know yeah. what is that kick that you get in the morning then you go for it but just make sure that you are choosing yourself and not letting society choose for you and i think that's very important as well when it comes to females in the industry and the success stuff like stuff <laughs> i mean like do you want to have like a position of leadership and if if you want to be in a leadership position then what does a leader look like what do they choose lead by example because a leader wouldn't be just like thinking about yeah maybe no they would be proactive and exactly, they'll be yeah. leading And that's these things, like, if you don't know what you should be thinking about or, like, if you don't know the, um, like, if there's any unknowns, a huge part of it is having conversations, you know, and being very open about um, the unknowns or how to fix it, what you're feeling. Like, a lot of things proactive people do is they very openly talk about everything. Like, there's no holds barred. Whereas a lot of people sometimes feel like, oh, I should figure it out. You know, I've had that thing for a long time. I am, I am a lot of people where I'd be like, oh, I should know this. I'll go and I'll sort it out later and then I'll come back when I know more. But no, like in that moment, if you talk and you ask and you try to understand and you just say, oh my God, I'm so scared. I don't know this. I don't know that. But this is where I want to be. There's so much you can get out of such an open conversation. Yeah. You know? Mm, absolutely. And I think that we get to know ourselves so much through connection and relationships with others that what what if like we didn't really know that aspect of ourselves and that by from having a conversation we unlock that yeah. and that's know? why like as we were saying before proactivity is so closely tied to courage yeah yeah and being brave but also i liked that you talked about um don't you know you need to get into the driver's seat and know that you're always choosing yeah so a lot of the stuff we're talking about is um you know found the book by Stephen Covey, Seven Habits, Highly Effective People. At getting in the driver's seat, you have to really understand that you're not just going to be blindly optimistic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, and like, this is not the podcast of like, be optimistic yeah. or be positive because toxic positivity also exists. You have to be realistic. Man. Yeah, exactly. But it is understanding you need to really face yourself with the realities and the difficulties of most of the decision, decisions that are happening and make good informed um, steps to overcome them because they are overcomable. Almost everything is overcomable. Yeah. And I think the important thing about not being optimistically blind lol, is that when you choose to approach situations with toxic positivity or toxic optimism, you become dismissive to your own. I was going to say shit, <laughs> to be honest. 
And and that's not the point. One thing that came to my mind, if I can segue quickly, yeah. <clears throat> was when you when you're literally faced with the realities of whatever you're doing, then you don't become. Um, I don't know if anyone's heard about the guy who ran the fire festival a few years ago. No, you haven't heard of it. Um, it was, I'd say, um, toxic positivity or blind optimism at its peak. Where this guy, I forget his name, I'm so sorry, but he was on Stephen Bartlett's podcast and that's mostly where I heard like the planning behind it. But there was a Netflix um, documentary on it as well. It was, I guess, someone who was so in out of, in, no, out of their depth, who had no idea how to plan this festival, um, the logistics involved, but was so toxically positive that it will just happen. I don't know how. They lied to investors, got, like, it all started from this amazing um, video that they'd done with... Um, like um a lot of Victoria's Secret models and like I think Hayley Bieber and stuff I think Hayley Bieber was involved but um I think Bella Hadid and Kendall and stuff were in their promo shoot and they made it seem like they're gonna have this crazy music festival on this island and there was it was so horrible <laughs> that people were stuck in I think tents uh, during crazy rainy um, weather didn't have any food the outcome was like Probably I should have gone to court. Like it was so bad. Um, he had to go to jail actually. He did. Yeah, he did go to jail because it was just so poor at the end of it because yeah, he lied and stole and cheated his way towards trying to achieve this thing that he could not see the reality of it's not working. I don't have the permits. I don't have the people working. I don't have the material. I don't have, you know, the the, the anything. And unfortunately, yeah, okay, you have this vision but you have to be able to understand how to get there. And for that, you need to listen to the people around you that are voices of reason or people who have done it before. You know, get you there. Actually make incremental steps. And that's why working incrementally is so much better than big, big leaps because you can't, you're missing so many um, steps in between. It's like waking up tomorrow and saying, I can squat 100 kilos when you've just been a couch potato. You can't, please don't. It's it's not going to work. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I think it's really dangerous to to do that, especially if you're, like, doing it with your career. Like, you, as we have spoken before, like, we can fake it until we make it, you know? It's, like, you have to be realistic. And if you do want to go into a different field, like you, for example, Sohan, and you feel like you can't really grasp the, the technical aspect, like, you might have to do a qualification on, on it. Yeah. You can't just not be playing like, oh, I'll, like, oh, yeah. I'll eventually get there just by, I don't know, like. It's like you wanted to become a chef and you just walk into like the highest restaurant and then say, I'm going to become the sous chef. Like, no, sorry, you have to start, you yeah. know, start small and grow big. Yeah, but I guess it's it's nice that we're talking about this because that's something that I, for example, I was like, okay, if I want to change into a different career then I have to become prepared on it like I I'm not just gonna say I'm moving into business and bye yeah so no I completely agree with you regarding blind optimism and a level of reality like being grounded with what capabilities do I need to execute this job but also (laughs) not holding back so that you don't end up playing the game of regret I think is the element of this um, conversation today that if you're not in the driver's seat. Oh, yes, absolutely. No one likes like regretting. Yeah, you don't ever want to sit there and be like, what if I had done that? What if I had started the podcast? There is this person that uh, Brene Brown um, interviewing her podcast Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And this guy wrote a book yeah, about regretting. And he did a survey and he asked people, do you regret about, like, what's your biggest regret? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the replies yeah. were just about p- things that people didn't do instead of, like, the things that yeah. they did, yeah. which is really interesting because it goes to show you that just fucking do it. <laughs> Nike. Um, wasn't wrong. But, yes, uh, these are our thoughts about being proactive. And our advice is, A, get to know yourself really well. I'd say get to know yourself without the the shame and the guilt that you might feel like, oh, but what if I do this and someone else might feel bad. I think part of being proactive yeah. is the biggest thing is get to know yourself um, in the most unapologetic way, you know. Because somewhere deep inside, you know that there's a certain vision that you want. And regardless of how someone feels about it, like face that. At least look at it straight in the eye and be like, this is what I want. And another thing that being proactive probably like teaches us is that even though we were saying like you can't be blindly optimistic, don't take it so seriously. Like just Mm -hmm. be like, let's experiment, trial and error. And if it's not that... Then it'll be something else. Yeah. And and just be aware that you'll get it at some point. I yeah. just read a quote today. I forget who it was by, but it was saying, I haven't failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that don't work. So the first thing is, yeah, get to know um, what it is that you want to have open conversations with people um, who either have been there or just around you. Um, do take advice on board. But however, at the end of the day, make the decision you have to make. Um that will help you get to this end Make goal. Make a decision that makes you happy, not yeah. anyone else. Yeah. And- or just aligns with the goal that you have in mind um, and actively work towards it. I agree. Yeah. I think actively to work towards it is the best yeah. one. And take the initiative that will get you there. But again, be proactive. Not be blindly optimistic, but look at the realities and face them as they come. Not face them as they come. Preempt them. Sorry, do not face them as they come. <laughs> That's reactive. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> Yeah, oh my God. Think that about is- it beforehand and then deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> you're always choosing. 100%. Every choice you're saying yes to is a no to something else. And so if you're saying yes to, oh, I'm just going to hang out every um, Friday night or every weekend, you are saying no to um, working on life admin, working on investment, working on, you know, whether you wanted to uh, learn a skill or something that's everything and we hope you got something yeah those were our thoughts on being proactive and what we thought it was based on our experiences that we're like currently facing exactly uh we wanted to sort of like have a story time link with um educational content for you all enjoy the rest of your day (laughs) bye